Welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everybody is having a fantastic day today. Uh, one thing that I wanted to address, but you know, we're getting rolling here, is I saw this article and I saw this bill that got passed on this opiate epidemic issue that we've seen across the country. I want to kind of give you guys my take on it. I saw a couple of people email me this afternoon on it. Um, this is an incredibly horrible piece of legislation. Right across of it, when you first look at it, it looks like it's really good. It's really great. We're going to help fight the opioid epidemic, but it's not that at all. Not only does it is a gives a $1.5 billion grant to help combat the opioid epidemic across the country. That sounds great all in all when you first hear about it. However, when you find out now that $900 million of that grant is going to be used only to support medication-assisted treatment with methadone and buprenorphine, which they're both synthetic opioid uh, derivatives, essentially, would they help curb opioid cravings? Methadone some horrible stuff. It causes almost more side effects than Oxycontin or morphine does itself. The other one I'll talk about here in a minute. Then like $400 million is going to be dispersed to community health centers and organizations to expand treatment programs. Another $150 million is going to be focused on improving knowledge of the ep epidemic. This whole thing is being used to give more money to Big Pharma. Almost a billion dollars of this is going directly to basically... Uh, methadone treatment, which is a pharmaceutical drug that Big Pharma manufactures. On top of the aspect of it that I really have an issue with, the act, which is called the Synthetics Trafficking and Overdose Prevention Act, called STOP, also sets its sight by requiring U.S. Postal Service to keep electronic records on all incoming foreign shipments, like information on package contents and packages senders. The bill also includes funding for treatment, as I talked about earlier. So not only are we giving a billion dollars away to Big Pharma, essentially, to sell more methadone, we're now in, adding in a super invasive aspect of the Postal Service monitoring, tracking, and and keeping track of every single foreign package that comes into the United States, more draconian, tyrannical spying that we don't need at all. And on top of that, the buprenorphine, which is the newer drug that Big Pharma has just come out with, which they're granted, like I said, almost a billion dollars to push this drug on the population is being prescribed now. The measure will also more than double the number of patients to whom doctors can prescribe buprenorphine for, a drug that's used to treat opioid epidemics. So it's not just a drug, it's an opioid medication. Our lawmakers are proposing that we treat opioid addiction with more opioids because that's what Big Pharma says will work. Buprenorphine is considered a partial opioid antagonist, so it is not as powerful as a full antagonist like Oxycontin or morphine. This supposedly makes it safer and less addictive, but only when compared to stronger drugs like morphine and heroin. Regardless, it's still an opioid drug. Ultimately, the suggestion that opioid addicts take buprenorphine instead of Oxycontin is equivalent to suggesting an alcoholic drink beer instead of vodka or whiskey. It is merely the next wave of big pharmaceutical cures for the opioid epidemic they have created. So what we've done now is that 
I can already see this. Big Pharma is complaining and whining because we've put regulations now on how many doctors can prescribe opiates, how many opiates they can prescribe at a time, how much stuff they can push out on the market because they obviously got completely out of control from the kickbacks they were getting. So now their sales of on-the-books opiates have gone down. So now they need to increase their profits. So now we're giving them a billion-dollar grant nationwide so all of our states can actually start pumping out buprenorphine and methadone at much higher rates than ever anticipated, and we're taking the leash off the doctors so they can essentially prescribe this stuff as much as they want, just like they did with the OxyContin. And then to add that, on top of all this stuff, we're allowing the Postal Service to now spy and track and monitor every single foreign package that comes in. This is just downright awful. I saw it today. I, I was absolutely, I heard that they passed it through this week, and I wanted to go through it and kind of see what they were doing. Remember, we've already done multiple grants over the last two years now to fight the opioid epidemic which is not stopping because, as we've seen now, heroin usage has gone from, I think, the beginning of 2000, it was roughly around 250,000 people in the United States used heroin, to now we're looking at 4.5 million people in the United States use heroin. This is where it's all going to, and nobody's addressing the aspect of the heroin, the supply of heroin that is through the roof in the United States now. Ironically, at the same time, Afghanistan is record-breaking heroin or opium crops in their country as well. So I wanted to start off with that and kind of address it, Dad, because this goes to show you that they don't care one bit about trying to prevent opioid usage. Because we already have a compound that we've seen be effective called Kratom, which I've talked to a lot of customers who have used it to get off opiates successfully. I don't sell Kratom primarily because the DEA has been trying to ban it for the last four years and make it a scheduled one for whatever reason, or maybe because they don't want people using it because they want people staying on their methadone. You see all these other natural compounds like 5-HTP, B-complex that we've used to help people keep healthy moods and stop cravings and stuff like that, yet nobody wants to address that either. We simply want to pump more drugs into a population that already is maxed out with drugs. Now we're giving another billion dollars to Big Pharma, pretty much directly to Big Pharma, because that billion dollars has to be used for methadone clinics or the other drug, so it's going right to Big Pharma. What an absolute mess that and this never stops big pharma literally runs this country and dictates whatever they want done and i'm absolutely sick of it that's why i wanted to address that today so people realize this bill has absolutely nothing positive to it except they're pumping more money to big pharma and putting more tyrannical basically spine on the american population via the postal service now okay this is going to tie directly into what we're talking about today. Uh, the uh, British did this with China as far as the, uh, the the opiate crisis they had in China, the, uh, the, the with all the stuff they smoked and did back in the 1800s. It, this is a used to subdue the people. You've got five million people now that are basically addicted to opiates in the United States who use many of them on heroin, and it creates a huge cash cow for the criminal banking cartels which launder the money with the CIA and through the Vatican Bank 
in the international banks all around the world. Now, the thing I don't understand is we're going to cover a bunch of really interesting stuff, I think, today. Some of it's kind of weird, which is a lot of stuff I cover is weird. Uh, but nobody else talks about this stuff. I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about this stuff. And, I mean, I've been listening to the shows throughout the day, and I haven't heard anybody address this issue about this bill that just got passed. Nobody. Why? Because how careful can I be with this? Many of the alternative talk people have been infiltrated. They're not talking about this. Uh, they're not talking about the heroin coming out of Afghanistan, the 10,000 metric tons doubled under Trump's presidency. They're not talking about any of this because it's not conducive to their listenership. And who knows what else reason. Uh, a lot of the people in alternative talk are disinformation. They're COINTELPRO. And they're not going to talk about certain things with that kick back in to the government, to heroin, to Zionism, all of this stuff. And so, guys, thank you for listening, because we're not going to play this game today. This is about the synagogue of Satan, this whole thing right now, which runs pharmakia. talks about it in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the herbs and the, and the potions and the things that they do to put people into altered states in order to control them, which are also used as demonic sacrifice and in a demonic worship. Now, what we have here is the... Is, is the, is the Let's talk about Canaan. Let's talk about Canaanites. You know, when they were one of the people that the Israelites were told to go in and kill and destroy the Canaanites, they had giants in Canaan at that time. Where did, this, where did Canaanite come from? A lot of people think that when Cain killed Abel, it was named after him. It was not. It was actually named after one of Noah's grandsons. After Noah uncovered himself in a drunken state, Ham saw his father and told his two brothers. In Genesis 9, it says, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, told his brothers outside, and they went in to see. They were they turned away. They wanted to see their father's nakedness. Ham looked upon his father's nakedness, but Shem and Japheth did not. So they covered it. And Noah awoke from his drunkenness, realized that Ham had done what had Ham had done, and then proceeded, proceeded to curse Canaan. Is that from Canaan that we get the Canaanite satanic worship? Noah said, Genesis 9, 25, 27. He then said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he deal in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be by his servant. Okay? What happened is, Canaan was cursed. Cain was cursed. Now, a lot of people ask, why did this happen? Well, some say it's because of what Ham did. Some people say, now, this is not scriptural. This is what they're implying. I'm not saying this is canonized. Some say that while Noah was basically passed out, that Ham came in and castrated him. That's what they say. They're saying others believe it was incest, that Ham may have slept you know, with his father's mother. Okay, And that Canaan may be the offspring of this union. Also, it talks about... The other things that were going on as far as what happened with the satanic worship and all the other stuff. So you guys could do your own research on that. I'm not making any judgments on why he got cursed and what happened when Noah basically was drunk as a skunk, which is what he was, and basically, you know, did what he did and fell into this thing. Canaan, now let's talk about Canaan. Canaan was a large and the country in ancient times, it was independent. Others, it was a tributary to Egypt, located in present-day in Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Israel. It was also land known as Phoenicia. 
the origin of the name of Cain is from basically Moses's or, or, or the um, or Noah's grandson. They were an indigenous people. They worshipped many gods, and they basically worshipped, worshipped Asheropoles and Baal. They were based upon farming, and they were a rural land. Now, it basically, they worshipped many, many gods, many, many demons, many, many sacrifices. Now, there were fertility cults in Canaan, and we talk about this on our Halloween show every year, so you'll hear about this again in Halloween. Only recently have scholars begun to unravel the complex religious rituals of the Israelites' Canaanite neighbors. They were right next door to Israel. And Israel got caught up into their satanic worship, and God got so mad that Israel got the boot and got scattered because they refused to give up this this religion of the Canaanites. Um, much of our knowledge and the origins of, this, of these base people reveal, reveal a dark, seductive practices. Basically, it was... Uh, the origins of the Kabbalah that we that we have now today in the Babylonian Talmud. The people of Israel uh, developed their faith in the wilderness for 40 years, and then God basically told them that he was God, that Yahweh was God. When the Israelites entered Canaan, they found that it was land of farmers, not shepherds, that they had been in the wilderness. The land was fertile beyond anything the Hebrews had ever seen. The Canaanites basically attributed this fertility to their god Baal. Now here's, here it comes in, guys. From human sacrifice, this is like throwing kids into the volcano to make the volcano stop, or to have a Baal fertility rich worship. The, all this is going to tie together. I've got, to, I've got to give you this information so you understand where this is coming from. I'm fixing to get some really deep stuff here in a minute. Okay? The Canaanites attributed this fertility to their god Baal, and that is where the Israelites' problems began. Here's the Israelites had to fight. Could the God who had led them out of Egypt and through the wilderness also provide them fertile farms? Or would they have to start worshiping the Canaanite fertility god in the Asherah poles? Okay? An intense battle began, and they basically fell to the side, and it constantly fell away, and then they kept getting chastised. Under kings, it continued in the Old Testament, by the time Ahab and Jezebel, the fertility cults have appeared to have been the official sanction of the Israelis' leaders. Now listen to me. Israel was worshiping foreign gods. It talks about this right now in the book of Kings. Ahab and Jezebel, the fertility cults, appeared to become the official religion and sanction of Israeli leaders. They left Yahweh, they started worshipping Asherah poles, fertility poles, fertility rituals, killing their children, cooking them in the fire. That's why God said, stop passing your children through the fire with Baal. You're following these ancient Canaanite, cursed, satanic rituals, which were given to this group of people through the Egyptians all the way back to Genesis chapter 6. That's where all the stuff came from. Okay, And basically what ended up happening is when you look at, uh, we, they finally realized that Hosea, Isaiah, and Jeremiah thundered that Yahweh alone deserved the people's allegiance. It took the Assyrian destruction of Israel and the Babylonian captivity of the Jews and the Israelites to make them realize, wow, we messed up. Okay? This is so we have to understand where this came from. Now, Baal is the earliest deity recognized by the peoples of the Near East, Far East, ancient Near East. And he was the god creator, El, his mistress, the fertility goddess, Asherah, gave birth to many gods. This is what they believed, including a powerful god named Baal, or also known as Lucifer, or who they worship for that. There appears to be only one Baal who was manifested in lesser Baals at different times and different places. Many different gods were named Baal. Baal won the dominance by defeating other deities. Okay. Then he had Asherah. Asherah was honored to be fertility goddess in various forms. I'm not going to go into detail with these weirdos. And Baal's worshippers appeased him by offering human sacrifices and passing their children through the fire and killing their babies 
in Baal. Okay? The Bible called this practice detestable. Deuteronomy 12, 31, 18, 9, 10. Deuteronomy 18, 9, 10. God specifically appointed the tribe of Levi as his special servants in place of the firstborn of the Israelites. So they had no excuse for offering their children. In Numbers 3, 11 through 13, they were offering their children to Baal as sacrifice on the temple. This is crazy stuff these guys were involved in. The Bible's repeated condemnation of child sacrifice shows God's hatred of it, especially among his people. Okay? Asher was worshipped in various ways, including through ritual sex. Although she was believed to be Baal's mother, she was also his mistress. Pagans practiced sympathetic magic. That is, they believed that they could influence the gods' actions by performing the behavior they wished the gods to demonstrate. Believing that sexual union of Baal and Asher produced fertility, their worshippers engaged in immoral sex to cause the gods to join together, ensuing good harvest. And when the children were born, after they had done this, they would sacrifice those children to Baal. Sick stuff. This is what they're involved in. Now remember, this is what the Israelites were doing. And if you read the Old Testament, God got really, 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 really mad. This guy, this is the leader of the gods, Zeus. This goes back when we jump into the new type of pagan religions of the Romans. Took on the road of Baal, role of Baal, the god of weather or storms. Artemis, the goddess of childbirth and fertility, and the Aphrodite, the goddess of love, took over the Asherah cults. And this is how it passed through history through the Greeks and through the Romans. Then many ancient people they also practiced magic. They foretold the future by examining animal entrails or by watching flights of birds. The Greeks had oracles and shrines where gods were supposedly communicated the future of the priests and the priestesses. Demon possession was a topic of much fascination. Many sorcerers claimed to have the ability to cast out demons. Acts chapter 8, 9, and 24. Acts chapter 13, verses 6 and 12. As did some Pharisees, because the Bible in both the Old and New Testament recognized the reality of the demonic world and condemned all of its practices. Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12 and 20. Micah 5, 2. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 through 21. And we'd be sure these practices concluded and basically continued where it became a stumbling block for Israel until they were scattered into Babylonia, in which they then wrote the Babylonian Talmud, taking all of these things that they did in Kabbalah and all of these ancient rituals and putting them in their 36 books. Jesus provided the ultimate solution to resisting the seductiveness of pagan idol worship. He showed that he alone held the power over demons, sending him to abyss in Luke 8.31, and he promised his disciples that his church would overcome all evil, even the gates of hell itself. Now, that's the background. That's where I want you guys to know where this starts off at today. So now you understand what these guys were doing, how they were acting, and who they are now. This ancient Canaanite religion was carried into Kazaria. Kazaria, basically, it's part of the Middle East. It's north of the Black Sea. And these people were the snake worshippers. They continue with the Canaanite religion. They continue with the human sacrifice, even under the Roman times. They were, they were just basically just a bunch of heathen that liked to eat children and cook them and sacrifice them. And these people then converted... By the, by the edict of the people in that area around them, they had a choice. Christianity, they could become Jews, or they could become Muslim. They chose Judaism, and they brought that practice in with them. And in the 6th century, this stuff combined to create the Kabbalah, the Zohar, and these weird books and weird things that these guys worship now. I want to say this again. A lot of Jews who claim to be Jews today are not involved in any of this weird stuff. It says in the book of Revelation that these guys that do this crazy stuff are the synagogue of Satan. They claim to be Jews and are not. 
to me, I have the utmost respect for Jews who basically follow the Torah, the five first books of Levitic law. Are they saved? Absolutely not. But I've got respect for them because they're at least they're hanging to the first covenant that God gave them and not practicing witchcraft with the Kabbalah, which we're fixing to get into real detail with that right now. And so the problem with all of this, Austin, is that this group that started in Genesis chapter 6, you know, with Noah and with Ham being cursed and with Cain and I, Cain, his son, basically being cursed all the way through that group, continue to carry out all of these things that have been taught by the fallen angels who were there with them, remember this, before the flood and after the flood. And, of course, these fallen angels came back and started breeding with them because, you remember, Canaanites, that was the land of the giants with Goliath and the rest of this stuff. So all of this stuff continued all the way from Genesis chapter 6. There's your tie-in right there from Noah all the way through. Now, what's interesting about this is a lot of you guys are having an aha moment right now because I'm, t- I'm tying the pieces together of the puzzles. Now, let's talk about the Illuminati. The Illuminati was the continuum of, of this Canaanite Baal religion. That's all this was. And it was basically tied together with the Kabbalah and basically the worship of fallen angels and demons and fertility rituals. Now, this is an article that Henry McCow wrote. I'm going to read you part of it, and I'm going, to exi- I'm going to give you parts of what I think that we need to talk about for just a second. Most America, it's called, it's called, the name of the article is 21st Century Illuminati, a controversial assessment of the Illuminati by one of the world's most controversial global conspiracy researchers, Henry McCow, and I want to talk about this right now. I want to give him credit for this. Most Americans scoff at the mention of conspiracy, but their country was created by Freemasonry. Now, I'm going to tie this together with the Kabbalah in just a minute. You guys have to stay with me. Freemasonry, they don't have a clue. Freemasons drafted the Constitution and signed the Declaration of Independence. Masons disguised as Indians dumped the tea in Boston Harbor. Paul Revere and his Minutemen, George Washington, and most of his generals were all Masons. Freemasonry is the Church of Lucifer masquerading as a mystical philanthropic order. It fronts for the Illuminati bankers, central bankers, the Rothschilds, who started the U.S. as a vehicle to advance their own new world order. This is important. You stay with me on this. In the words of the Masonic elder Manly P. Hall, we must perfect, perfect the plan of ages, setting up here the machinery for a world brotherhood of nations and races. This is from his book, The Dark Secret, the Secret Destiny of America, 1944, page 3. The Freemasons provided Americans with all, were still, the Freemasons provided Americans with still valid ideas, civil liberties, equal opportunity, no taxation without representation, but they were enticements designed to win power, and of course they're no longer keeping these promises. Most historians won't tell you this, but there was one historian who did reveal the truth. His name was Bernard Fay. He was born in 1893. He he was a Harvard-educated Frenchman. He is considered an anti-Mason because his 1935 book, you need to read this, Revolution and Freemasonry, is one of the very few to reveal the extent of the Masonic participation of the U.S. and French French revolutions. He had access to Masonic archives in the U.S. and Europe, and his book is actually a sympathetic portrayal of Freemasonry. It doesn't talk to us about its occult nature. However, as a Frenchman, he subsequently helped the Nazis identify Masons during World War II. Bernard Fay explains that in the 1770s, the U.S. consisted of 13 isolated colonies with different governments, religious affiliations, customs, racial profiles, and social and political structures. There were intense rivalries and longstanding antagonisms. We had three, 13 separate countries, basically. 
A letter took three weeks to get from Georgia to Massachusetts. Masonry alone undertook to lay the foundation for a natural, national unity in America because as a secret society could spread throughout the colonies and work steadily and silently, it created a limited but very prominent class of people a feeling of American unity without which there would have been no United States. In 1760, there was no big town, big or small, where masonry had not spun its web. It was everywhere preaching masonry and fraternity. Benjamin Franklin, Franklin, who was a grandmaster, also a Satanist, by the way, he was in the Hellfire Club in England. He was a grandmaster of a fed French lodge. He raised millions of francs through the Rothschild banking cartel to finance George Washington's army. He was the first to submit a concrete plan for military collaboration and political federation to a Congress representing all colonies. He established a chain of Masonic newspapers in all of the colonies. Faye says that George Washington and his ragteam army kept the spirit of independence alive. He organized many military lodges and participated in their activities. On December the 7th, you can look it up, 1778, George Washington led a parade after Philadelphia was recaptured. His sword at his side, this is a quote, his sword at his side in full Masonic attire and adorned with all the jewels and the insignia of the brotherhood, Washington marched at the head of the solemn procession of 300 brethren, Masons, through the streets of Philadelphia to Christ Church, where a Masonic divine service was held. This was the greatest Masonic parade that has ever been seen in the New World. Quote, all the staff officers Washington trusted were Masons, and all the leading generals of the army were Masons. Alexander Hamilton, John Marshall, James Madison, General Green, General Lee, General Sullivan, Lord Sterling, the Putmans, Steuben, Montgomery, Jackson, the whole list, Ethan Allen, all Masons. They all gathered around their, their master Mason Washington, and they all met at the Temple of Virtue, a root structure forming two of long periods. The atmosphere which surrounded Washington was Masonic, and it may be said it was the framework of his mind was Masonic. This Benjamin Frey points out to the curious degree of coordination between the Masons and the U.S. and British armies. It seems likely that the unforgettable and mysterious lacks of certain English military regulations of America, especially those of the Howe brothers, was deliberate and due to the Masonic desire to English in general to reach a peaceful settlement. Remember, all of our top astronauts are Masons. The majority of the CIA are Masons. All the top people that were infiltrated into the Vatican are Masons. This is something we have to understand right now. In this context, it is pertinent to recall the confession of General Cornwallis. Now, I'm going to read you this from this article. Apparently, this was pulled out of the archives, but I'm going to read this to you right now. I can't verify what I'm fixing to read to you. I found multiple articles, but I can't find the original on this because of what it says. It's so, it's so awful that I was trying to find multiple sources for this, so read this with a grain of salt. This is from one of the top people with the confession of General Cornwallis one of his top people when he surrendered to General Wardswood, the top person who sent to General Washington in Yorktown. Jonathan Williams recorded this in his book, The Legions of Satan. It said that Cornwallis revealed to Washington that a holy war, due to the Masonic lodges, will now begin in America, and it will, it will, when it's ended, it will supposedly be the citadel of freedom, but the millions will be unknowingly be loyal and subjects of the crown, the crown of the Illuminati, the shareholders of the Bank of England. Now we're talking the Rothschilds again. Cornwallis went on to see what a contradiction that would be. 
Now, in a 1956 speech, Senator Joseph McCarty reflected on these words. Cornwallis well, knew, knew well that his military defeat was only the beginning of a world catastrophe that would be universal and the unrest would continue until mind control could be accomplished through a false religion. What he predicted has come to pass. A brief sketch of the American religious history, and we have seen masonry infused into every church in America with their veiled phallic religion. Phallic, phallic religion is the Washington Monument. It's a phallic symbol. It's a giant erected penis that goes back to Osiris and Isis. This is all part of the satanic worship that we talked about earlier. This is the Washington Monument. There is a phallic symbol, one of these giant obelisks in the city of London, Right in the middle of Rome, Austin saw it right at Vatican Center. It's right in the middle, right there in front of the Vatican, oh, yeah. and also in right Washington, D.C. Our role is analogous with that of the French nobles who collaborated with the French Revolution and then were slaughtered, Fay writes. All of these nobles did not hesitate to side with the revolutionary path, even though it was to cost them their rank, their estates, and their lives. He goes on to say, the Masons, the Illuminati, this is what they're also called, how they start, they combine together, control both sides of every conflict. Author Stephen Knight has also was poisoned and died just two years after publishing the book The Brotherhood. You need to get that book too, Stephen Knight, The Brotherhood. What he said about the British society no doubt applies to the whole world. Culture and politics are a charitable quietly controlled through these disciplines, disciples of Lucifer. Now remember, when the lower bases are brought into the Masonic lodges through Demolay or whatever they're brought into, they're not told until they get the much higher ranks of what's really going on. They just think it's a business club for people to hang out in and just basically get business and basically be able to network. In other words, this entire mankind now is in the thrall of a satanic cult and millions are complicit in their own enslavement. It goes on to say, Knight shows how Masons secretly control every aspect of British society with 500,000 Masons in England associated with every local government, police, bank, military unit, hospital, university, church, court, and, of course, Westminster. What passes for politics is basically the same as the same lodge contending for the office decide how to enact the Masonic agenda. Freemasonry represents a conspiracy against society that has gone so far as to make treason the norm and outlaw the mention of conspiracy. Now listen to me, guys. Every candidate running for U.S. president or vice president must be a puppet. Otherwise, they would renounce the debt of the Federal Reserve Bank and insist on the U.S. controlling its own credit, creating money, and this is all being done by the Rothschild Freemasons. Jewish Mason Bill Meyer, who's an unbelievable heathen, this guy's own private show on cable, he's, he's a Jewish Mason, he basically loves to diss religion. There were three monkeys on the posters in which he did a whole show on diss religion, he called it religiosity. Three monkeys on the posters, hear no evil, etc., each wearing the symbols of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And he says, religion, religion is an attempt to, show, to obey God, and God speaks to us via our conscience. Apparently, Luciferians like Maher, object to anything that gives people independence from tyranny. It's fine to be tolerant of homosexuality and pornography, but not the spirit of God that helps people distinguish between right and wrong. The Masonic Rothschild bankers couldn't carry off their charade if they didn't own the mass media. Here's how the tie-in comes now. Stay with me. They couldn't use perverts and criminals as presidents and senators if the press were free. They couldn't carry off atrocities like 9-11 if the media actually told the truth. There's a BBC former video of Secretary Henry Paulson giving the Masonic triangular sign, a pyramid with his fingers, basically talking about what they needed as far as the $11 trillion in quantitative easing that they needed. Bill Cosby has also used this Masonic 
inverted pyramid multiple times in his interviews to try to go in and take people to that level to make them realize that he is a Masonic person also and for mercy. The public will continue to believe there's a difference between the pavoons running for public office. It will, all, it will continue to have faith in the mass media, but a few of us know that the human race is in the thrall of a vicious satanic cult. And when it's too late, the rest of the public will know too. In the meantime, we must prepare for the woes. Now, now we're tying this back to Judaism, and we're tying it back to Kabbalah. Now, I'm, hang one second. I've got to walk in the other room. For some reason, I have people calling me up right now, and I'm tired of the telephones ringing, and I'm going to go ahead and mute them, and I have no idea why Sharon is not muting these phones because I'm not going to be interrupted on this. I've had like four phone calls in the last six minutes. Now, <laughs> he, no, 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 it's off, it's off, Lost. I'm trying to do a show in the mom's room. Everybody, everybody knows call. you're on the show. That's the funny part oh, about it. Oh, it's crazy. Okay. Okay, here we go. Well, oh, you got to say this. you got to say this. I can't say this, guys. I know you're calling me. I got that, okay? But I can't stop the show and answer the telephone. This is live. Now, Freemasonry is based on the Kabbalah. Now, here we go. Get ready. Since the so-called enlightenment, mankind has gradually fallen under the spell of the Kabbalah, also spelled, you know, Kabbalah, K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. What we have been taught to believe is progress is actually the resurgence of the, here we go, ancient satanic pagan fertility cult epitomized by the Kabbalah, which is basically Canaanite, Baal worship. The god of the Kabbalah is not god at all. It is Lucifer. Illuminati satanic Jews and their Freemason allies are stealthily erecting a new world order dedicated to Lucifer. According to the gifted researcher David Livingstone, Lucifer's plan was formulated in the Kabbalah, listen to this, in the 6th century B.C., when the Jews were being held in captivity in Babylon because of their Canaanite worship. According to the Bible, this exile was punishment for adopting the paganism of their neighbors, the Canaanites. That's why I started with that. They appropriated the ancient worship of the dying god Lucifer among the heinous practices prescribed by this cult were mystery rites involving music. Here we go. Get ready. Intoxicants, drugs. Here we go with all of the opiums they're giving us now in this country. Orgasmic sex. This is, again, stuff that Aleister Crowley talked about. And children and human sacrifice. The Kabbalah is based on the ancient pagan mythologies which recount the story of the original God who created a universe and a usurper God, Lucifer. Lucifer, who is exemplified evil, was known as the dying God because every winter he died and descended to the underworld where he ruled over the spirits of the dead. Kabbalism is a sex cult tied to the cycle of the seasons. It is concerned with the incestuous mating of God and the goddess to ensure fertility. That's why I covered that in the first section of this. That Lucifer demands sacrifices. He must be appeased to avert his evil and directed against one's enemies. The most evil sacrifice, again, is the slaughter of the child, passing your children through the fire with Baal and the Asherah poles and the fertility cults that sacrificed their children that were born nine months later. The child sacrifice becomes the basis of this cult throughout the ancient world. Rituals of death and resurrection imitated that God, their God, their little God, Lucifer, demon for whatever he is, he's not God, participants would invite intoxicants and dance to music in order to achieve a state of ecstasy, okay, this is demon possession, by which they believed they could achieve supernatural abilities, listen to this, because what David Icke says, like shape-shifting, clairvoyance, and other magical powers, in this state, they would slaughter a child and then eat 
that child and drink its blood so that that God could, that God could be reborn in them. That's how sick these SOBs are. Excuse my language. That's, I can't stand these people. Illuminati defectors testify these practices continue today. Livingstone says these rituals usually involve sexual orgies. Remember the orgy dome at a burning man? It's all this stuff is again. Where a priest and a priestess impersonate the god and goddess of a sacred marriage. They become possessed and produce a son of God. This is what my friend, who's the international radio talk show host, walked into with people dressed in nuns' uniforms and, pre- and, and men dressed in priestly garbs with their areas of their personal parts cut out, engaging in sex. He saw it. He walked out. They told him if he talked about it, he would be killed. Livingstone says that this basis is a Santahannic cult that now dominates the world. This Canaanite religion taught to them through the, basically the son of Noah all the way back to Genesis chapter 6, to the grandson of Noah. It is a secret religion which referred to as the occult. Its proponents have been advancing the satanic plan for new world order and, elimination of Is- and the elimination of Islam. In light of this background, we can appreciate how pernicious the cabalistic teachings are. For example, it teaches that God has no attributes, which is satanic, because God is moral, the difference between good and evil, false and true, beautiful and ugly. No wonder mankind is losing the ability to discern because the Bible says in the latter times everything will be upside down, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the beginning, when every thought of every man was evil all the time. Again, the Kabbalah teaches that this relationship between man and God is sexual and erotic, and that sensuality and intoxication are religious. This is satanic. Livingstone's exposition of Kabbalah explains why sex, promiscuity, incest, and all perversion is used to degrade and satanize human beings, and that why modern modernism is a Kabbalistic spell, which is the energy field around the earth that they're doing in order to entrap people so they cannot believe or know the truth. From the energy field they create through all this. Remember, Madonna is a Kabbalist. Almost all of the major singers and Hollywood actors are Madonnas, are Kabbalists. Right now, one of the top Hollywood singers, the, the, the black lady, I forgot her name, her, one of her top people who used to be a drummer for her have come out and said that she practices witchcraft and she's put all kinds of curses on this drummer and she was filing to get a restraining order, but because she didn't have any proof, they thought she was nuts and they refused to do it. That was Beyonce, by the way, who she's talking about. Yep. I mean, that's, that I'm, I'm, guys, I don't make this stuff up. According to Livingstone, the Jews then mixed this paganism with Babylonian magic, including Babylonian money magic and astrology, and called Kabbalah an interpretation of Judaism. These Kabbalists disguised their Luciferian agenda of world domination as spreading the world, world for their supposed, as preparing the world for their supposed Messiah who's already been here. They also used the gematria, which is the hand signals that we talked about the other day, that's that Vulcan message for blessing people, which is all basically Luciferian and satanic worship. David Livingstone prescri- describes the, be- the, the spread of Kabbalism. The so-called Greek philosophers was the first important Kabbalist. When the Jews were released from captivity by the Persian Emperor Cyrus the Great, many Kabbalists spread out to various parts of the world, including Kazaria, which we mentioned earlier, especially in the Greece and Egypt. Then Plato and the Orphean and the Illinonian philosophies were influenced by Kalaba. From Greece and Egypt, the Kabbalist practices spread across Europe, where they were known as witchcraft. But the most important influences were the humanism of the Resonance and the emergence of the Rosicurians. The Rosicurians 
Lumos was initially crushed as a result of the Thirty Years' War, but a number sought to be refuge in England where they founded Freemasonry. That's when it was started. It's all part of the Kabbalah witchcraft. It's Freemasonry. When the advent of the Illuminati, the Freemasons were responsible for the great project of enlightenment, whose goals through the Renaissance was to support some supplant Christianity authority by the way of the American and French revolutions. The goal of these revolutions was to create secular societies by which Christianity would be immediately destroyed. Free from the constraints, the Illuminati could advance their power through the Rothschild banking, because they're Rothschild, the Rothschild bankers are Kabbalists, because until then, Christianity had forbidden the practice of interest banking and Babylonian money magic. Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic interpretation of history would have us to believe that this is evolution, and it's basically better for us. This is what happens when these guys get in control. This is Canaanite worship. From this, this is why I told you guys, this goes back all the way to Genesis chapter 6, but today I want to tie the pieces together. Genesis chapter 6, Noah gets on the boat, Ham basically sends, he, the grandson of Noah is Canaan, basically he, the whole name is, he's cursed, this whole group goes over there and continues with the fallen angel worship way, way, way back then after the flood. This precedes the Roman Empire, remember that. It was brought into the Roman Empire, and I told you how we tied together the, the idols and the gods in that in Greek. And then all the way through the Dark Ages, it was kept alive in the Kabbalah, in the Kabbalistic preachings and the teachings of those who practiced this ancient form of witchcraft, of Luciferian fallen angel worship. Now, let's go into a little bit more detail with this. Now it's going to get kind of weird. Let's talk about so many people, how, how black magic Satanists rule the world, not politicians or bankers. This is this has got to stay with me on this one now too. This is another article by by Freeman. It goes and says, "Remember, let me I jump through this." He says he's talking about symbology. They're able to penetrate more deeply in their subconsciousness. This is a Nike swirl. All the different things they have. This is why the elite are so obsessed with their occult, corporate, and government logos of red crosses, rising suns, all-seeing eyes, pyramids, six six six, the rings of Saturn, and inverted pentagrams. It all ties into the right brain. And so we have to look at this black magic usage. It is worthwhile remembering the defining aspect of Satanism, the inversion of everything. Black is white, bad is good, wrong is right. This is why the inverted pentagram is such a popular satanic symbol. George Orwell touched on this in 1984 when he wrote the ruling class propaganda, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. Even mind control techniques developed by the CIA, as these classified documents reveal, use satanic principles to confuse its victims so they could no longer distinguish between the two. The CIA is a satanic organization which answers directly to the Kabbalists, the international banking community. The Bohemian Grove, Skull and Bones, all of this stuff is basically bringing up dark entities and gods. Now, what they do is they basically get themselves into what's called a resonance sink. Black magic at its core is really about demonic possession. Since the world is made of energy, not matter, which I've covered that with you in detail, and since energy moves in waves which have frequencies, satanic rituals are designed to entrain the energetic biofrequencies of the participants with that of other dark entities so there is a vibrational resonance match. Once there's a frequency or a resonance lock, an exchange can then be take place. Energy, intent, or information can go from one place to the other. Place or dimension can be transferred from one to other. This works in both ways. So the person gets possessed, receives information from certain dark entities. This is what the Germans were doing with the Viril Maidens. 
when they were linking them up like this. While the dark energy basically get, takes something from the person, it takes the energy and is fed as Satan runs about as a roaring lion seeking his own to those who may devour. It's also the black magic that is behind the unspeakable, unconscionable phenomena of millions of missing children. These children are being deliberately and systematically kidnapped through elite-controlled institutions, including governments, churches, the United Nations, peacekeeping operations, and trafficked in underground global networks where they're either mind-controlled, turned into slaves, or they are sacrificed in human rituals. This is what's going on. And the conclusion is this. We have the political corruption that we see from all of this, mainstream media consolidation and control, constant lies from the media, smart meters disrupting our energy and electromagnetic fields, GMOs, toxic vaccines, geoengineering, the corporate bastardization of science, which we basically made science a lie now, the militarization of police, the fake war on drugs, and the U.S. fake-sponsored terrorism war. All of this stuff is to basically control us through the energy fields that are created around us. Now, what they believe is this. They believe that if they, re if they practice these Kabbalah rituals, that the demons will give them what they want, and they have to give back energy to what they, what they want to do. That's why many of these top performers, I'm not going to name any names now, they don't just lay in their deathbeds and die. That's not how they die. They're sacrificed almost when they're dead to basically use the energy that they're given from these demons to get moved and passed on to another person. That's why you hear so-and-so died. So-and-so may not have died. One of the most blatant examples of this was the death of Whitney Houston dying in a satanic medium of the water death that she was dying in. All of this, because they believe, they believe that we have an interface, interdimensional interface, which we do. We have an interdimensional interface with God. When we're saved, we're connected into God's dimension through the Holy Spirit to where he says, to the 13th dimension, let's just use that, and it could be, it could be the 40th dimension, we have no idea. But let's say, for, for argument's sake, it's in the 13th dimension, through the Holy Spirit, we're tied into God Almighty. When we do that, God basically, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the covenant that we have with Christ, connects us into God and his dimension. When we're connected to God and his dimension, we basically, God shares with us part of his omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. I'm talking a billionth of 1% because that's all we could handle. I'm probably not that much. But what it does, it gives us spiritual insight into things that are happening on this world and on this planet. So what ends up happening is we're in a situation where all of these things are going on at once and we're not aware of how God ties us back together. This is why they hate Christianity. This is why they hate us. This is why Zionism, which is Kabbalah worship, has infiltrated Christianity and brought us into Kabbalah worship in our Christian churches when we have people get up in front of the church using the Vulcan hand sign, which is basically the, the Kabbalah mysticism, and basically the gematria, and they're basically, they're not, they're not blessing anybody. They're cursing the people in the church through the use of Kabbalah, which is Canaanite worship. It's satanic worship. That's why I've been so adamant about this stuff. We can't allow this stuff into the Christian churches. Because once we become saved, and we're hooked up to God and His dimension through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to stand against this stuff. They have no authority over us. But when we allow this stuff to come in, and we start doing this, I mean, think about this for a second. Would you really allow a person to come in to raise money for the temple in Israel if you knew they were practicing Canaanite Kabbalism and, and they were practicing all this crazy weird stuff? You say, no, nah, man, no way. But the churches haven't done that. The churches haven't looked at what the Kabbalah says and what the Zohar says and what the Talmud says. 
I'm not talking Torah, Christian, Judaism here. I'm talking about they've left that behind now. They don't even believe in the Torah, most of them. They think that's a bunch of books of fables. They believe in the Kabbalah, the 36 books, including the Zohar, which say that Jesus Christ was a demon-possessed sorcerer and the Virgin Mary was a whore. Why? Because they're doing everything they can to bring in their Antichrist to basically rebuild their temple, to use the spear of destiny to pierce him and draw blood from him in the Holy of Holies and basically anoint him, God of this world, and bring in basically destruction and the opening of the books of the seals of the book of Revelation. And Christians have gotten sucked into it, and they believe this is okay. Why? Because they don't know the Word, they don't know the Old Testament, they don't go in and examine the Scriptures daily to prove what, what people are saying are true. You remember, that's what the Word says. It says the Brians, they went back and they examined the Scripture to make sure that what Paul was saying was true. We've got to make sure we stay together. It has to be with the Word of God. We can't fall, we can't fall into Canaanite, satanic, idol worship through the Kabbalah. And these people like Katy Perry who get on the doggone YouTubes and they ask her why she's so successful. And she says, I sold my soul to Satan. This isn't a joke. She's not joking about this. The lady who basically tried to get the restraining order against Beyonce, you think this is a joke? She says she's been cursed by this woman. Guys, this is what these guys practice, and this is what they do. This is why the Bible says, Come ye out from among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. And we can't allow this type of teaching to permeate, this Kabbalah teaching to permeate our souls. The other day, Daystar TV had, they were having Yom Kippur, and they stopped all their programming to celebrate the Jewish New Year from the, the, the Kabbalah, the, the Zohar, the, the Talmud. They stopped all of their Christian programming. The other day, they showed a Christian Jewish wedding on their show because their daughter got married, and they're screaming Mazeltov. I mean, this is on their national show. And I mean, I think to myself, what the heck? Why are we doing this? Guys, it's what the way, this is why I just read you. It's to bring into their one world religion of Canaanite worship, of idol worship, of Asherah of Baal. What do you think they're doing with Moloch and Baal over a Bohemian grove? When they burn people in effigy, if they're not being burned for real and being gagged and drugged. We don't know what they're doing over there. The thing's all wrapped up when they burn it in the fire. And they have their homosexual orgies there. They bring in male prostitutes and children, and they sodomize them at Bohemian Grove. This is all Canaanite worship. All of it. And it goes all the way back to Noah to Genesis chapter 6, and before that with the fallen angels. This is what we have to teach. This, what I've told you today, has to be taught to the churches. We cannot... Judeo-Christianity and Jewishism's current form is an oxymoron that doesn't exist. If you, if it was, if they were only practicing the Torah, the five first books of Levitical law that I absolutely love, I love the five first books of Levitical law. I've taught out of them for years and years. It'd be one thing, but they've added 36 books. They were run out of Israel. They were, they were sold into slavery to the Babylonians. They spent hundreds of years in captivity and they wrote their Kabbalah. They wrote their Zohar. They wrote their Talmud because they wanted to bring all of these oral traditions and all of the stuff that they've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years into a set of books that would supplant and do away with their Torah, and that's what they've done. So we have to understand this. Now, again, a lot of Jews out there don't do this. They practice and follow the Torah. They don't follow the Kabbalah. And to me, to those folks, they have my respect. Are they saved? Absolutely not. 
It says every tongue shall bow, every knee shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we can't assume that just because they say, well, I'm, I practice in the Old Testament, I'm saved. No, 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 no. Have them listen to what I just told you and what I just taught you. Have them understand what's going on. This is why I'm so insensitive to what the Jews are going through in Israel because of what happened with the Palestinians. Because all of this stuff was done by the Rothschild Kabbalist Luciferians in forming Israel after World War I with the Balfour Declaration and then forming the state in the 40s. It was all done by the Rothschilds. It was all part of this New World Order, One World Religion that they're putting together. Now, do I have... Do I, should, should we continue to pray for Jerusalem and Israel? Continue that they get it. Here's what I pray for Jerusalem and Israel. I pray they all repent, and Israel is, and Tel Aviv is no longer the number one homosexual destination in the world in the thousands of brothels in Tel Aviv. I pray they turn to Yahweh, to the Most High God, they turn back to the Torah, and they start doing what they're supposed to do based on the Word of God, and they accept Jesus Christ as their, as their Savior, as their Messiah. That's what I pray for Jerusalem. That's what I pray about Israel. And I'm not going to sit here, and I'm not going to justify us giving them $36,000 per person in Israel every year in foreign aid to support that communist country. It's ridiculous. If the Rothschilds want to give everybody $36,000 a year, shoot, print up their own money and don't put it on our debt books. Just do what they want to do. They can do whatever they want to do. They're trillionaires. They're worth quadrillions of dollars. But why are we supported? Why are we giving them $50 billion? Why? It's all part of the enslavement of the United States, which I read to you earlier. Because if they can get everybody into a debt nightmare, then they can do whatever they want to do. Because the word says, the borrower is servant to the lender. That's what the word says. Because if you don't believe it, they'll snatch your very mortgage out from underneath you and haul you off and take your house away from you, take your car away from you. It's so important that we understand that. So, anyhow, I got all riled up, Austin. But I, I want to cover that today in detail to tie it together as to why I'm so adamant that I'm so against the Kabbalah and what they teach. So now you guys understand in detail what they teach. And when somebody asks you a question, you can say, listen to this show. <laughs> all right. What do you think, Austin? That, that was a... Uh... Yeah, that really broke it down to that core center, I think, where a lot of this stuff has come from. But you're absolutely right, man. I mean, this is something that needs to get taught. I don't hear anybody talk about this stuff. You sure as heck don't hear about this taught in any church service. Never. This never, this never gets brought up. And it's funny, you rarely ever even hear somebody discuss Genesis chapter 6 or anything even revolving that area of the book, that background, anywhere from the pulpit. I, I haven't in years, honestly. Okay. Guys, I'm out of time. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll do the write-up, Austin. Wow. Got it in under the end of the hour. That's the, guys, that is a bunch of teaching and a bunch of scripture. Look at it. Do your own research. I love you. Thanks for getting your multiple vitamins from us. Without you getting your supplements from us, we could not be on the air. I could be not giving you this type of teaching. I love you guys. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys again today. Remember, Yahweh is the Most High God, and we're connected with Him through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of the Lamb. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Absolutely. This 
this is definitely stuff that has to get brought up and talked about. And I know this isn't like a fun topic. This isn't one of those ooh-ah-ah, this is cool, fun, we're talking about war, we're talking about guns, this and that. It doesn't matter, guys. This is a really, really important topic. That's why when Dad talked to me about it at the beginning of the week, that he wanted to bring this up. I said, yeah. I said, you're really well-versed on that. And I said, you have the time and energy to read and do all this research in the background and cross-reference this stuff and get all these different articles. I mean, this is stuff that has to get talked about because until you understand where all this stuff is coming from, you're kind of left in a funk. You know, you're kind of sitting there going, well, I, I get that, you know, the Federal Reserve is manipulating our money in the United States. I get that, okay? And I see kind of what the CIA does over there, and I, I see that we're constantly starting a war in the Middle East, but nothing really ties back together until you understand what these guys have been steeped in, what their overall goal is, and what they're going to continue planning on doing if they are not stopped and nobody actually prevents this from happening, because this is what we've come into now. And it's what I've talked about on so many different topics whether it be the gun control, whether it be the submitting to this tyrannical transgender agenda, whether it be rolling into all these different totalitarian rules as we see down in China, as we've seen with the social media blocking anybody that talks the truth. If we don't start pushing back in the areas that we have the ability to push back right now, we're going to lose all of it. And the issue is there's a huge portion of the United States population that is actually awake, but the Refusing to do anything about it. And when I mean that, I don't mean getting up and being verbally or violently confrontational with somebody physically. I don't necessarily mean that at all. There may be a time and place for that, but in most cases that can be avoided. But I'm talking about doing your part to spread the truth, forwarding these shows, talking to people that you run into, old friends, new friends, discussing current topics. You don't necessarily have to shove all this stuff on them at once, but bringing up topics and opening up people's eyes. I have literally had dozens of people that I know acquire acquaintances, short-term friends, long-term friends, that I have brought topics on this this situation up to another situation that we talk about on the show, at least on a small scale, just enough to spark something in people's minds and continue this, because we have to keep pushing this. We have to keep forwarding this show, like our show, like the Hagmans. We have to keep supporting the cause that we're pushing right now, because if we just sit back and say, yeah, that's right, that's good info, and we do nothing about it, we don't talk to anybody about it. We don't forward any of the info. We don't support the companies that are doing this. Nothing's going to be done about it. So I appreciate you guys. I love you. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Be sure if you need anything to check out the website at healthmasters.com and also to be sure to check out the product of the week, the liver support, and to vote for whatever product you want to win next week. It looks like the super brain food, which is incredibly a really good product, is actually being voted for. And I don't think it's ever one product of the week. So be sure to check that out. And of course, the magnesium powder is on sale still for 20% off currently through this weekend. So if you guys need anything, email us, call us, 1-800-726-1834. You have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend, and we'll talk to you again Monday as always.